Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. Alrighty folks, welcome back to another episode of the Lovecast. Today we have a fun one. Um, it's just Jordan and I, and we do an NBA heavy episode. First, we talk about the Celtics. Um, it was supposed to be a Jason Tatum talk, but it really just turned into us talking about really the whole Celtics season. And yeah, it was a fun talk. And then we talk about, we do we called this segment NBA performance evaluations. Um, we just kind of went through talked about some teams that are under and overachieving and just talked about just gave them a little bit of a performance evaluation and then we followed that up with a quick little segment where we reviewed uh, Bleacher Report's trade um, writing. Bleacher Report is known for some outrageous trades so without further ado here's Jordan and I. Alrighty I'm back here with Jordan and yeah we're going to be getting into the Celtics and the new and improved Jason Tatum so uh the Celtics as of recording right now it's Tuesday 8 10 p.m. um November 8th the Celtics have just beat the Grizzlies last night and it was mostly in part due to one due to two guys Malcolm Brogdon and Jason Tatum so Jordan I know you have some thoughts on this I'm gonna let you run with it like what like what are you feeling about Jason Tatum what are you feeling about Malcolm Brogdon what are you feeling about the Celtics team in general uh I think it's pretty obvious with Tatum that he's just way more aggressive this year He's yeah. we've talked about before. He's just more assertive. He's making quicker decisions. We saw him last year in the playoffs kind of get tentative and, and question himself. Um, and I think now he's kind of taking that step to where he's, he's being really assertive and making quick decisions. He's averaging 31 points, which is ridiculous. He's shooting a great percentage um, and he's still passing well. He's still defending well. So yeah, I mean, if we have this type of Tatum all year, we're going to be in good shape. Yeah. I think, Tatum is a whole new player right now. Um, you can tell that something I was worried about was that he was maybe a little bit not soft, like soft, I guess, for the lack of a better term, and maybe a little too friendly. But he's completely changed his demeanor on the court. One, he does not complain as much at all. He complains, but not nearly as much as he used to. He turns around, get, gets back on defense, which is huge. Two, He's not all smiles all the time. Like last night he was talking shit to someone on the Grizzlies sidelines. It wasn't a player. It was like a fan. I noticed him just like going back and forth with this dude towards the end. And he just seems, it seems to me like he finally, it almost seems to me like he went back and watched film of himself, like pouting and saw like how um, reluctant he looked when he played. And he realized he needed to make a change and kind of like get going. And I think it's made, obviously it's made just in a huge difference um he leads the team in scoring right now like jordan said he's averaging 30.1 points um he's averaging 7.4 rebounds four assists almost a steal and a block he's actually leading the teams in block the leading the team in blocks right now he's got 1.4 blocks um his assist to turnover ratio 1.5 is Really, really solid, but someone else's assist-to-turnover ratio, Jalen Brown, he has a 3.0. That's a very solid assist-to-turnover ratio. Um, so he's cleaning up his ball handling. He's cleaning up what he need, or he's cleaning up what he needs to clean up in order to be successful. And the Celtics team, obviously defensively, were not 
as solid as we were last year by any means, but we're number one in the league in scoring right now. And our defense is only going to get better when we get Rob Will back. I would also love for us to see, like, I would love to see us add, like, Jared Vanderbilt, who I've been talking about, or he's probably a little bit too pricey. Yaka Pirtle, another guy who's probably a little too pricey, but someone along those lines as a big. Um, Vonley's serviceable, though. How do you feel about Vonley so far? Um, He's super, like, raw, I feel like, and he's not very skilled. But, I mean, he works his ass off. Um, I don't, I don't mind him being on the court. I just think it kind of speaks to like our big depth is kind of our biggest weakness. Yeah. Um, like Vonley, he serves his purpose, but we, we do desperately need better big men. Uh, hopefully Rob will coming back. will fix that. But I mean, Vonley's fine. Uh, I am kind of concerned about the defense though. I, I'm not really sure how we go from the number one defense to giving up, you know, all these points. I, I get Ime was a defensive coach, but I don't know how we, you know, lost all our principles just because we we changed the coach. What are you seeing? I think a lot of it is it has to do with pace. Um, I think we're because we're attacking uh, offensively so much, it's harder for our guys to get back defensively just because I think, like, one, it's the start of the season. I think they're a little bit tired, um, and they're not getting back on defense as, as strong. And then, two, you're lacking, like, a lot of – fast-footed player. Something's wrong with Marcus Smart. He is not looking like the defensive player he looked like last year. Um, Brown and Tatum hold up, and Brogdon holds up to an extent, but then you have like Marcus right now is just not playing solid defense. Derek White is all right, but he gets beat sometimes, and he's they call him for a lot of fouls. Um, Vonley, he gets called for a lot of fouls, especially on bigger guys, and then Sam Hauser is a liability defensively. As we've mentioned, he's there for shooting. Um, you don't have that one like lockdown defender on the team that can kind of anchor. That's what Rob Will was, is he was like our defensive anchor. And when he when he's back, he makes so much of a difference defensively. Like our whole all of our defensive rotations are around Rob Will. So I think that's what a big part of it is. We're missing our like actually good at basketball Rudy Gobert. So it's just um that's a huge aspect of it to me. Um Real quick, little fun trivia game. Who's leading the Celtics in three-point percentage? Don't look it up. Oh, is it Sam Hauser? No, close. He's second. Huh. It's is a it... stupid answer. Oh, God, is it like Horford? Close. Noah Vonley, one for one, 100%. Um, oh, that, oh that, 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 that's Sam Hauser's second, though. Sam Hauser's shooting uh, 56.3%. Um from three, and then the next closest, I believe. Oh, actually, no, sorry. Justin Jackson is 66.7, um, but he's two for three. I would say, like, if we're counting actual shots taken, it's one is Sam Hauser, and then two is Grant Williams at 53.8. Um, oh, Grant's another one. Grant has been, I'm ready. I'm excited for Grant to be off of our basketball team very soon. He's going to be traded at the deadline, would be my guess, because his, um, his contract like basically what happened was i don't know if we've ever like explicitly talked about it on the on the court on the podcast rather but essentially grant williams was due for his rookie extension most people signed he did not and now he's sort of outplayed his what his extension number would be so if he was to open enter the free market which he's going to do he's going to make too much money for the celtics to resign him um he is restricted free agent so the celtics can match whatever offer is made to him this summer but they aren't going to do that due to the cap hit so Grant Williams will not be on this basketball team unless he's willing to take less money, which I don't think he will do. 
So he's going to be traded at the trade deadline would be my guess. And I'm very excited. That's how we're going to get one of those um, like big men that we're looking for is would be my guess would be like, that's why I like the Grant Williams to the Spurs for Jakob Pertl, but it would have to be like another player along with it. And I don't know if we have the personnel to get uh Pertl, but that's just a little sidetrack. Grant Williams, um, he complains about everything all the time and he fouls a lot. And I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about Grant, Jordan? I love the way he plays, honestly. And I'm looking at his numbers right now, and he's having his best year that he's had so far. And I think especially playing against, you know, in a conference, we're going to we're gonna go against the Bucks for the next five to six years in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, Grant Will is a guy that I would want to have on my team, um, especially, you know, when we saw what he could do last year, not only guarding Giannis, but also having a couple big shooting games. I think – I think Grant's awesome, and it. I mean, it sucks if we do trade him, but at the same time, if we get a good big for him, then that's yeah. that's all right with me. But I, I would be sad to see him go. I, I think he's really, really valuable to any team he plays for. Yeah, I I I, I understand that. I think like wing depth wise, like we haven't even talked about Brogdon yet, which we'll get into. Yeah. Brogdon was the exact answer for us. We have Derek White, who's been playing well. I'd be fine actually getting rid of Derek White for me a too. big or something. Um, I do not like Derek White. Yeah, I, I I would say I like Grant Williams' play better than Derek White's play, but Grant Williams is more um, annoying to me. But that's just – even though he's a Vol, go Vols, obviously. But it's just like the constant complaining, the technicals, um, stuff like that that Grant brings to the floor, which I don't think is helping his case because he's not like an elite-level player who's going to get calls. Um, but yeah, Brogdon, like, I think there's a lot of wing depth. So to me, it makes sense to consolidate your wings and – like Sam Hauser is actually serviceable. Um, defensively, he's a liability, but the offensive performance and like the passing and the shooting, he's very solid. Um, Brogdon, though, let's get into him. He is he not? If we had him last season, I think we would have won the title. Is that fair to say? I I don't know if I can go that far, just because the Warriors were so good and and Tatum played so bad. Yeah, but I do agree that he is the answer, and I'm ready to ask the question if we should be starting him over smart. And I I would like to see it. What do you think? I would like to see that too. I think, I don't know what's going on with smart. Um, Like he, first off the behind the back passes that he, he did like three last game. And one of them was like almost cost us the game. I don't understand yeah. why he does that. Um, And it's not just that, like he looks slower and um, offensively, he's not really doing much. I'm shooting. Shooting horribly. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of shows us that he's like regressing back to the the mean compared to last year where he was sort of out of his mind. I don't know if yeah. we'll ever get the Marcus Smart that we got last year. And if he peaked, that's going to be big. But I think a part of it, too, is um, with the Celtics, we worry about stagnancy a lot. Like we always talk about that. And I think the reason you have Malcolm Brogdon manning the second unit is to make sure that we don't get stagnant and that we can continue that's going um, because like. Brown and Tatum on our first unit are so strong offensively and defensively that like they can kind of handle that, but it kind of drops off. Like I know we have a relatively deep bench, but I mean, that second unit is what like Sam Hauser, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, and then like Grant Williams, Derek white is kind of like the lineup there. And that gets a little iffy, like offensively, like who like Grant Williams can't really create for himself. Derek white doesn't yeah. sometimes creates unless he's like, having a day where he's just not into it um yeah i know what you mean i think 
like when it comes to playoff time, I think our best five has Brogdon in it instead yes. of Smart. I, yeah. I I mean, our best five might have Smart and Brogdon in it, but I don't know if if that can work because we'd be too small. So I yeah. want to see. I want to see us finish the game with Brogdon. It, he doesn't have to start because it doesn't matter. Like you said, having him man the second unit is big. He's averaging 14 points, and he's only playing 24 minutes a game, which I think is absolutely absurd, like just the efficiency and the impact he's having. I, I'm, i like, in love with the the Malcolm Brogdon signing. So I am. Also, the 3.7 assists, like, yeah, that that's good. But it was, dude, it was, like, nine assists to start the season. He was getting so many more assists. And, um... Also, Marcus Smart's averaging six and a half. So I guess Marcus Smart is taking on more of a facilitator role, being that like true point guard that we asked him to be last season. But he's just not shooting in the ball well, and defensively he's leaving some room. Um, I I don't know. I I I would like to see him. I don't know what's going on with Marcus to be honest with you. I feel like this is every season though. So, yeah. but yeah, that Brogdon signing is perfect. I think Rob Williams comes back, and I not to be like naive but i really think our defensive liabilities just go away with rob williams he's that big of an impact player defensively um and it's not even what he about what he brings offensively i mean obviously he opens up like the lob threat but the celtics big defensive issue is the offensive rebounding that the other team has um like last this game we almost lost against the grizzlies was a lot due in part just to like I'm trying to think of who it was getting the offensive rebounds for the Grizz. It was like Santi Aldama was getting rebounds offensively, and like um, Desmond Bain was getting some rebounds, Tyus Jones, guys like that. Um, and yeah. that's just because Vonley has a tough time tracking the ball, and he's not as fast as Rob Williams is. Rob Williams really is a unicorn, and um, he's gonna take he's gonna take care of those offensive rebounds for the other team. So I think we'll be okay with Rob Williams going. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the Celtics this season? Um, not really. No, I, I think we pretty much covered it. Um, to me, it, it just comes down to whether we can actually beat this Bucks team when, when they're fully healthy in the playoffs, which, I mean, that's, that's all that I'm concerned about everything else. Regular season doesn't matter how well we play until we get to the Bucks. Yeah, very true. We have to get past the Cavs too first. Yeah. I mean, if we lose to the Cavs, that would be severely disappointing, I think. Yeah, uh, Rob Williams fixes the Cavs problem too because the problem with them is they have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen who are basically too many, like or too like they're the same size as Rob Williams, so um they're just lengthy, tall dudes. That's perfect to attack the Celtics. So yeah, um I agree. I think it's like all about the Bucks, but we gotta get some run in. That's why I agree with wanting to see uh, them play Malcolm Brogdon a little bit more in the regular yeah. season just to get some togetherness with him, but. Yeah, that was good. I think the Celtics are going to be um, just fine. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll be we'll talk about um, some NBA panic meter teams. All right, guys, we are back. Uh, we don't really have a name for this segment. We were going to do panic meters, but we're going to actually talk about teams that we think are either overperforming or underperforming based on you know how we how we saw them doing prior to the season, and we're going to talk about whether we. You know, see how uh, their performance is going to continue or if we don't think it's going to continue. So let's call this NBA performance evaluations. NBA performance evaluations. Here we go. Let's start it off, Max. We're going to go with the Jazz. I think the biggest surprise in the league so far for me, they're nine and three, um, the one seed in the West. Do you think this performance continues or do you think they're going to regress back to where we had them preseason? This performance will continue if this team stays together. However, 
I'm not sure if this team is going to be staying together. I think it's going to be a yard sale by Danny Ainge at the trade deadline. Think of all the the pick or the players that they have that are tradable. You have Mike Conley. He's he's a perfect team for like um a contender that wants something new or not a contender. Like I'm like to me, I'm thinking Miami would like um like a Kyle Lowry for Mike Conley uh, swap is interesting to me. I think Mike Conley would be a lot better for this Miami team that we're going to get into later than Kyle Lowry, who I think is pretty washed. Um, Jordan Clarkson. I would have loved the Celtics to get Jordan Clarkson. I think now we don't really need him, but Jordan Clarkson is going to be great for a contending team. Um, I think he's a very heavy trade asset. Jared Vanderbilt as well. Um, Larry Markinen has been one of the surprises of the year. I think any team... Just trying to look to go over the hump. Like maybe maybe Chicago goes and gets them back. I don't think they will do that, but um there are there this team is filled with uh trade candidates and trade pe- Kelly Olinick is someone that could like he actually would be pretty good for the Celtics, honestly, even though I hate Kelly Olinick just watching him play. I don't actually hate him. I don't know him. Yeah. But um this team is literally filled up with perfect trade pieces. So unless they get rid of uh, like unless they you know, do a little yard sale, which I think is going to happen for Victor Wembanyama. Um, this this team's going to continue to win games because there's a bunch of solid players and and veterans. Um, Chris Vernon from the Ringer, um, the mismatch. He always says like, if you play guys that don't suck, like you're going to be good. Um, that's yeah. exactly what the Jazz do is they play guys that don't suck. Um, and for whatever reason, they're just there's cohesion. But a lot of it is what we talked about. Will Hardy, remember we talked about. Um, Will Hardy from the Celtics, the former assistant. We when we rebuilt, um, I think when we rebuilt like the Jack, like one of the teams we rebuilt, we picked Will Hardy. I forget which team it was. Yeah, we did. But he really is leading them in the right direction. And as unexpected as this is, I think it's it was unexpected because we thought that Danny Ainge was going to get rid of all these guys, and he hasn't yet. Um, that Bogdanovich trade actually worked out for Kelly Olynyk. Like that actually worked out for him. He got rid of some wing depth and brought in a big. Um, yeah, so one other thing, I know I've been going on this for for a little bit, but um speaking of the mismatch, Kevin O'Connor threw this idea out on the Bill Simmons podcast. They were talking about Anthony Davis trade spots and he said, "What about he said this is far-fetched as well, but he said, "What about the Jazz go for Anthony Davis and bring him in <laughs> with the young core they had?" And as obviously he was just throwing that out there as like a what if scenario but like dude what if you want to talk about that like just speculate i mean like in terms of the jazz actually trying to win a championship this year yeah that would be i think that would be something interesting i think that would be like unreal i I don't think i I don't have quite as much belief in this jazz team as you do i do think um if they kept this team together they would be good they would still be probably a top six seed i could see them slipping to like six by the end of the season yeah um but yeah, I, I don't see like even with Anthony Davis, I don't see them really seriously um, contending for a championship in the playoffs. It's just like regular season basketball in the NBA is so different from the playoffs. Um, but I mean, th- this this team's fun to watch, and they have awesome chemistry. Uh, Markkinen's taking that next step, but just not enough talent to be legit. And I think that's that's kind of why, like you said, they're probably going to end up trading other guys. Yeah, and they got to do it soon because again to plug the ringer they had a piece about how um invested everyone every nba team is on tanking and they wrote about how much winning actually matters and 
basically the the number you have to hit is like 21 gets you like a like i believe it's 21 wins gets you 14 percent at the first overall pick yeah um the next one is like 24 wins that brings you down to like 11 percent so it starts getting to be like every game you win you go down by like three percent after yeah. that so they're gonna have to do this quick if they're gonna actually like I mean, make, a, make I, a i wouldn't trade markinen because he's playing really well i wouldn't yeah. trade probably i wouldn't trade sexton but everyone else yeah I mean, but tank it, for, for Victor, I would say. If you get Victor, though, like he's better than, like he's a better Markkinen. So, like, if you're trading, Markkinen yeah, but I think you can tank level. with Markkinen on your on your team still. Yeah. I mean, you just have to trade other guys away. That's but right. Let's move on. Um, let's move over to the East. We're gonna go to a team that's been underperforming how we thought, and that's Miami Heat. What's going on with them? To me, um, Miami, it's a personnel issue. I think they have they're suffering some injuries right now. Um. They have like they're a little depleted. I think they invested in Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, two guys that defensively just don't hold up. And I think your one man show of Jimmy Butler, that's not going to win. Like Bam is a dynamic player, but defensively, he hasn't been what he usually is. And then you're relying on. Kyle Lowry, an aging Kyle Lowry, who I don't, I don't think has it anymore. Um, I know he's been playing a little bit better as of late. Like he had one good game like a while ago, but he really is struggling or has been. Um, and to me, I think you're relying on your big three of Kyle Lowry, Bam, and Jimmy Butler. That's a very aging big three. Um, Jimmy Butler and Bam, I'm okay with. I, I just think Kyle Lowry doesn't have it anymore. Like I said, and Bam he's not as dynamic offensively to like carry this team to some wins. Um, Jimmy is great, but I think it's hard to play with him. And I don't know. I, they, they made some raw, the, some poor investments in um, Duncan Robinson, Tyler hero. They got to get, I think they got to upgrade those spots. But to me, like their thing is they hit on these like second round little gems, but those guys don't always like fully pan out for like, five years like i think they have more of like spurt really solid seasons and they regress back to being um solid nba players which first late second round pick an undrafted guy that's good but i think you try to build your team up with a bunch of those guys and it's hard um i think they'll level out because i remember last year being scared but these guys are all another year older and they didn't get any better in an east conference that did get better like all these all these teams added players that actually are going to make them better. Like the Bucks have Chris Middleton coming back. Um, they're going to be obviously better. The Celtics made their additions with Malcolm Brogdon. Even teams like the Wizards are fun with Chris Stops. He's playing well. Um, I don't know, dude. I think Miami is in a tough spot. Like Toronto matches up really nice with that, really nicely with them. Um, Atlanta matches up pretty nicely against Miami, and those are teams like that they could face in the playoffs. Um, I think it's yeah. time to start to panic a little bit about this team. Like, I think they're one that's going to make a make a move at the deadline, and I almost wonder if it's a Kyle Lowry move. Um, yeah, I think I, that's I your think most logical thing. It's it's definitely time to panic, um, but I I don't think they're going to stay like at the 12 seed and, and continue no. to play this bad. I think they'll still make the playoffs, but I think like I could see them getting bounced in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised, and that you know I wouldn't have said that before the season. So. Yeah, not encouraging if you're a Heat fan. I don't know, you know, where they go from here, how they turn themselves into contenders. But I, I do think Spolstra is such a good coach that 
they will, you know, turn it around and go on some big win streaks and, and they'll be, yeah. they'll still be there in the playoffs, but um, yeah. all right, let's go to our next team. We'll stay in the East. Let's talk a little bit about the Brooklyn Nets at four and seven. Um, I don't know. A lot of people didn't believe in the Nets this year, but I think more people thought they would be uh, better with Simmons coming back. Um, do you see them stay in this bad or you think they're going to improve? Um, the Brooklyn Nets, I think, are one of the biggest disasters in NBA history mm-hmm. um, for what we thought they could have been to what they actually were. You started off with this idealistic team, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, three of the most offensively gifted players of all time. Um, and obviously in the in the modern era, they're three of the best offensive players. Um, what, what this team is issues wise is more off the court stuff, unfortunately. And I think it's just really hard. I I don't know many coaches that are going to want to tie themselves to this team. And then you look at their roster depth or lack thereof, like this, this Brooklyn Nets roster is not very solid. Uh, Granted, like you're going to have TJ Warren coming back or coming to play for the first time. He hasn't, he's been injured still. Seth Curry is going to be coming back, but this team they're they really don't have a ton of depth and um would you be surprised if Kyrie never plays again because I don't think I would be like I if he retires now that he apologized it, it shows that he cares about his career yeah and so for that reason I would be surprised before the apology I was I was with you I was like I, I don't think he's coming back but yeah but I mean um, like this team has so like I'm just gonna read through the roster it's Kevin Durant Kyrie Ben Simmons like that's all fun and good, but then it's the next guy who's playing solid minutes who I actually like, but I mean, he's not like, he doesn't need to be playing as much minutes as he is as Utah Watanabe, Seth Curry, Nick Claxton, Cam Thomas, who I like. I like Nick Claxton too. Joe Harris, who he, uh, I don't think he's, he's obviously just still trying to get back into the swing of things from his injury. He doesn't look to be the same. Um, Edmund Sumner, Patty Mills, TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal, Markeith Morris, Kessler Edwards, Dayron Sharp, um, Alondis Williams, and David Duke. That's not a very solid roster. And like if you look at the one through like 13 of most other teams in the East, they have a better, they have a better one through 13 team right now. Um, Ben Simmons did not fix any of those issues that we like he doesn't shoot and he's he looks scared out there. Um, he's giving up layups, like giving up in the sense of like not taking them and passing out of them um he's not facilitating as well as we would like to see he's fouling a ton it looks to me like he's a little out of speed with the nba which is a big thing when you come back after being shelved for a long time um to me this team has little to no outs they don't have a coach they still haven't hired emay i was reading last night that a bunch of women's groups within the organization and outside of the organization have come against the emay hiring um i didn't realize this but the nets apparently have a large female representation in the front office. So a lot of them spoke out in a meeting about potentially hiring Ime. So that hiring might not happen. Um, this is a messy situation. And I, I'm not, I don't think that um, a basketball team with this much baggage is going to be successful anytime soon. Jordan. Yeah, I agree. I, and I mean, the one thing we, you know, you touched on it, but I think this Ben Simmons thing is starting to really be a problem. Yeah. Like, bad. People were like, yeah, he's going to need some time to come back, blah, 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 blah. Like, but he'll eventually get back to how, how he was on the Sixers, at least. He'll, he'll be that guy. He may not, you know, start shooting threes all of a sudden, but he'll at least get back to a 
a baseline range. all-star player. Yeah. And right now he's not even close. He's averaging 5.6 points, um, shooting 43% from the field, shooting 0% from three-point range. I don't know if he's taken one or not. I doubt he has. And he's turned the ball over more than you'd like to. But for your third star to be averaging six points, like this is a guy who is a legit all-star averaging like 18, eight and eight or something like, and at, while being a really good defender. So I don't care if they hire Emei. I don't care if Kyrie comes back and they fix their chemistry issues. If Ben Simmons is really this bad, um, they're going nowhere. And yeah. honestly, I, I don't know if, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Simmons. Like, for, for me to predict that he's going to stay this bad for the whole season, I think would be a little crazy, but I, I don't think he's going to be even close to how, how good he was on the Sixers when he made the all-star team. So I'm kind of similar uh, scenario to the heat. I don't think they're going to stay this bad, but I mean, if they, if they're, if they're like a nine seed or something and they get beat in the play and that wouldn't surprise me at all. No. And not to mention like offensively when Kyrie was health healthy, their offense was literally just my turn, your turn. It's KD goes yep. and does KD things, and then Kyrie goes, and he was playing well here and there, but you saw that game before he got suspended. Like He he had, I think, four points or two points yeah. or something like that. And That's partly in. coaching, though. Yeah. Well, um, all, yeah, yeah. I mean, he also like missed all of his shots in the first half. Um, first... Yeah, but if Emei comes in and, and they start running offense, they start playing better defense, Like that's all great. But I really do think Simmons has to start scoring yeah. the basketball. You can't take five shots a game when uh, you yeah. have to be averaging close to 20 points for your team to be successful. But yeah, spend enough time on them. Uh, Wait, real quick. Sorry, real quick. Their defense is awful, and their two saving graces, TJ Warren, Seth Curry, who are coming back, not good defenders either. So there's really no out for them. Like Offensively, they'll get better, but their defense is still terrible. So, yeah, we can leave it at that. Yeah. All right, let's go back over to the West. Let's talk about an overachieving team. We kind of all thought the Trailblazers stunk going into this year. Yeah. Um, they are currently the three seed tied with the Suns. They're both seven and three. Um, what are we seeing with the Blazers? Yeah. Um, this team is really well constructed. Uh their their bench is a little iffy, but they have like like I said before, um, they played players that don't suck, like Chris Vernon said. And um like this Jeremy Grant signing was really perfect or trade, I guess was really perfect for them. He fits really well with what they're doing. Yusef Nurkic is coming back from that injury and looking really solid. Um, Dame again, he, he hurt himself and I was worried, but he just played yesterday and he had 19 points. I mean, he only shot four for 12, but like 35 minutes, like he's back. He was back before he got injured and tweaked his, I believe it was his ankle or something. Um, I didn't I don't think we counted on Dame being this good, especially because he looked kind of bad in the preseason. But um, you have one of the best you have literally catch and shoot Steph Curry with and for me, Simons. Um, he's showing that that hundred million dollar deal was absolutely worth it. Nasir Little has been playing well. Um, this is a team with a lot of depth. They play well together. And I think I didn't like Chauncey Billups as a coach going into this, but I think he figured some stuff out. Um it looks to me like the team's well conditioned. I think he talked about. I was watching a Blazers game the other night, and he said that um, when he first came in and was a coach, he didn't want to um, condition like do conditioning with his guys because he hated doing that as a player. But then after the first year, he realized his entire team was out of shape, so he started doing conditioning more. Um, I think this this team's conditioned, ready to play. Dame is a great leader, and I think they're going to regress a little bit. 
but they have an A plus for their performance eval right now, and they um, yeah, they look really solid. I could see them like actually making a little bit of a run, um, but I don't I don't think they're going to be like championship level contenders. No, I I don't think so either. But I do think like you said, Jeremy Grant was a really good pickup for him. Uh, gave him some defense, and he's scoring the ball well too. Oh, Josh Hart, um, too. Yeah, Nurkic has been great. Hart's been great. And, and this dude, Shane Sharp, man, he's not yeah. putting up crazy numbers. But for, for a rookie who hasn't really played since high school, like he's showing some real flashes. I like him a lot. Um, this Blazers team, I'm going to say they can finish as as a top five seed. I don't I don't think they'll stay at three, but I really like this team. They're, they're just like a, a phenomenal regular season NBA team. Yes. Um, really good chemistry. Move the ball well. N- no egos. Everyone knows kind of the pecking order. Um, yeah. And and their defense has improved with Jeremy Grant. So I, I like what the Blazers are doing a lot. I like Shaden Sharp was exactly as advertised. Um, shoot, he shoots the ball well. He has really well. an insane vertical. And that's about it. <laughs> like he's just yeah. an insane shooter with an insane vertical. Um, the thing is, is he's buried behind Anthony Simons, but um I think he's on a good, like whatever they did with Simons to get him to shoot like that. If they can continue to do that with uh coaching wise and like shooting coach wise with uh, um, Shaden, like he's going to be a player for sure. So they have a little bit of like Nasir little too. Like they've been able to get some rookies going. Um, I think for them, it's actually adding more, more depth and going to make a push. Um, I think that's where yeah. you go right now because Portland's a fun place when you're winning. And I think like, you can really make a push here if you add it. Like they're probably a piece or two away from being a serious contender, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know if it's depth. Like I still think the NBA is a league where you really need stars. Yeah, and to have Jeremy Grant as your second best player, I don't think is enough. I don't know if it's even enough to have Dame as your best player, as good as he is. That's fair. So uh, I I think they can make a push for sure, but for them to really be contenders, I think it would have to be another star, which I don't really see them getting, but. My um, you know, my, we thought they were gonna be a bottom feeder team. Like this true. team is is good. So, yeah. Let's um, let's stay Wait, in the real West. quick. I just I could see Jeremy Grant having like an Andrew Wiggins like playoff transformation where Andrew yeah. Wiggins was that second best player on the on the Warriors um in that win. That's I th- to me like they play very similarly. Obviously Wiggins is a little bit more athletic, but the big three and D guy um who had a tough time who has a tough time shooting threes like that's kind of what Jeremy Grant is and. To me, like Dame can be a number one. I think he could be a number one scorer on a championship offense. This is just with how clutch he is. He hasn't done it yet. So obviously you can't like definitively say that. But I think Jeremy Grant could transform into that second player. That's why I feel like if you add, I guess depth is the wrong word. If you add like a, a third, like actual star, like Josh Hart's a very, very solid player. Yeah. I would like to see them upgrade like a power forward center position or get like a, I don't know. Anthony Davis on this team is really fun to me. That would be nuts. Um, yeah. Like if yeah. they got a guy like AD, then I would say that's now enough talent for them yeah. to go make a run. They probably have to give up Shaden Sharp or something, but that might be worth it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all right, let's go. The, the The Jazz were the biggest overperformers. To me, the biggest underperformers have been the Golden State Warriors. Really, really surprised at how they're playing. Um, do you see them getting better, though? Do you think the Draymond punch had more impact than we thought with this i i don't i really don't think it's a dream on punch i i've i don't think that's like a part of it i don't think so i think their chemistry and like 
their vibes are fine. It's it's really like I think their bench is is really bad. Yeah. Um, James Wiseman's terrible right now. And their young guys are really not playing up to how they want them to. Kuminga, um, Poole hasn't been as good. It's like their starters are legit. Um, yeah. I heard JJ Reddick talk about it. Their starters are like a top three offense and playing good defense. And then as soon as you um, put anyone from the bench in, they become so much worse in, in both areas. So I think their young guys need to kind of step it up a little bit. I think they will. Um I, I still have belief in the Warriors, just the system, the talent, Steph. Um, I think they finished the season top four. Okay. I think well, one clay is not clay right now. I don't that's know. That's a good point. I don't know if we'll ever get clay back. Um yeah. unfortunate, but I just don't know if that's gonna happen. I think the Wiseman experiment sort of over. I heard one, I forget his name, but one Warriors like beat writer, someone close to the team saying that Wiseman's perfect when he doesn't have to think but the minute he actually has to think um he sort of falls apart that warriors offense is you have to be smart um it's one of the most beautiful offenses in all of basketball if not the most beautiful constant movement constant um just like you're constantly involved but i think you have to use your brain um i heard kevin o'connor not to mention him again but he was calling for member patrick baldwin uh junior i think they they drafted um he was calling for them to put him in there, try and like, you know, do that experiment instead of Wiseman. Um, Jamichael Green is not playing very well. Uh, I don't know. I think, well, you're going to, I think we might see a trade at the deadline. Um, if I'm being honest with you. And unfortunately I think it might be Clay or Draymond. Um, I could be wrong, but if they're really bad, like they're, they were supposed to have like a reasonable push to, um, to repeat. And I think like one of those guys has to go Clay or Draymond because of the, their uh, situation. Their owner has said he's not he's not willing to go above a specific number. And if either of those guys sign the deal that they're looking for, um, the other one can't sign because of Pool's deal. So though, like Clay or Draymond, like I believe Clay is going to um, see them like I, I believe Clay is going to take less money, but Draymond um I don't know. I, I think he's going to take that max, and I, I don't know. Someone's going to get moved. Without a move, I see them like five, six, four, five, six. I think sort of around what you said. With a move, uh, they could be back up to the top for sure. Um, but Steph's getting another year older. He already has those ankle issues. Um, you you have to pray that he doesn't get injured. And you have to pray that someone starts figuring it out. Uh, other than yep. Steph. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Steph's been out of his mind, but it's always you know, risk of injury with an older guy. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the East. We're going to talk about another underperformer. The 76ers right now, five and six. They are the 10th seed. A lot of people, including you, Max, had these guys, um, you know, winning the East this year, possibly winning the championship. I had them, um, you know, as a top four seed myself. I, I, I think that's another team I still believe in, but I don't think they're going to go as far as I thought. Yeah. Um, I I've been watching 76ers games and well one James Harden's out for a month so mm -hmm. um I don't know if that makes them better or worse honestly at this point cuz without James Harden before last like last season before they got James Harden with when they had Joel Embiid they were like solid so they could be okay but I'm a little worried um that they're going to you know have a tough month ahead of them but to me like 
I don't really know. They seem to be getting it going as of late. Honestly, like they started out a little bit worse, but I think a lot of it is PJ Tucker, I think aged a little bit more than we expected him to. Um, he just hasn't, I mean, in my opinion, like he wasn't the greatest defender. Everyone is always on PJ Tucker about how awesome he is defensively. But like when I watch him play, it seems to me he just fouls the entire time and they just don't, they just let him get away with it. Um, that's coming from a biased Celtics fan though. So you can't really take that with a grain of salt, but um, his feet look slower. Um, he's hitting like he's good for like one three a game at most. Um, Tobias Harris is just a disappointment. Um, last time I checked, he was averaging like thirteen points a game. Um, he's getting paid like twenty point plus a game money, and he's not making that. You need to get rid of him. Um, their bench like hasn't been as productive as I would have liked. I think I think Harden kind of messed up. They it seems to me like they reverted back to that Houston Rockets um style of play where it's like watch watch kind of James Harden go and just like sit there and I've always said this like it's not fun to play in that system and I think like I that's why I think you can kind of see a situation where with that with Harden out like the team starts to play a little bit better but I don't know dude there's a lot of questions I think obviously Doc's the first to go if they really make a slide here Doc's gonna get canned he's been on the hot seat for like three seasons so um, I think if you get rid of Doc, you trade Tobias. Um, I don't know what the market for Tobias Harris is though. Like he's really not a good player. Like he's not defend. He doesn't hold up defensively, and he just misses everything. I don't think you need Tobias. Tobias is was brought in for offense, and they now have Harden, Maxi, and Embiid. You don't need offense beyond that. You need guys that can spot up and play defense. So yeah. I think Tobias is a horrible fit for them. I agree with you on Doc. I also I don't get this Matisse Thybul um, benching. I know he's not good on offense, but like I just said, they have enough offense, especially when Harden's healthy. Um, Matisse is playing like 10 minutes a game or something. Yeah, I don't get it either. And dude, like Tyrese and James Harden are two terrible defenders. Like Tyrese Maxey is yeah. an awful defender. Um, Joel Embiid's defense has been pretty horrible too. Um, so I don't understand the Matisse Thibault thing either. I don't know. I think honestly, it's time for a new coach. Like I think they need some fresh blood in there to Definitely. really get them going, but yeah, did you have another team on yeah. your list? Um, let's see. We talked about I think all the guys that I had on my list. Um, but this is a fun segment. So let's talk a little bit about the T Wolves. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. think they were gonna be great this year, but they are the 10 seed. That's worse than where I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be um, you know, six, seven, eight in that range. Uh, what do you think is is going wrong? Is it the go bear trade? Is it a bad fit? Um, kind of like we talked about. What do you think? Uh, so it's honestly like a little bit of everything. Anthony Edwards is not, is in a sophomore slump right now. Um, I don't think he's dunked yet this season. Kind of scary as a, an above the rim player. Um, it seems to me like he doesn't, he wasn't taking basketball too seriously this off season. It's catching up with him. Um, I know some people didn't like that. Carl Anthony Towns calling out Anthony Edwards over a Popeye over eating Popeye's or whatever. But I think that's a good leadership move and everyone always shits on cat for not being a good leader. Like he's like that's, and then he does stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Um, I think this is a team built up of non-winning players to me. Gobert, cat and Dilo are not winning players. Um, and I don't like when people call cat soft cause he lost like half of his family members to COVID. So obviously like he's a lot stronger than we expect, but basketball wise, he does lose his mind. Like with a ref, like he just will, that will take him out of the game. Um, that's not something you want from your superstar. And I think 
the 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 reason Cat was successful was because they put him on a center, like as a center, you had him on a center, right? And those guys are obviously a little bit more slow footed, and Cat is slow footed too. Um, but offensively, he makes these moves that are like guards, and it's hard to keep up with him with a center. But when you move him to power forward and put Gobert in his center, like Gobert gets cut, like offensively, he's just nothing. Like there's not really much he does or brings. And then when you move um cat up to that power forward position, he gets guarded a little bit easier. Um, it sort of muddies up the paint too with Gobert. Um, they just haven't really figured everything out. They got rid of all their depth too, and that to get Gobert. And I think that was a big part of it. You see like half their depth went over to Utah and guess who's winning the games right now. It's Utah. So, yeah, um, I think, I think this Gobert trade is is not what they needed at all. Cat yeah. and Rudy on the floor at the same time just just doesn't work. Like you said, they're slow footed. They really struggle in transition. I'm looking at the numbers right now. They are giving up. They're 23rd in opponents' points per game. So like, and we saw that coming, right? It was predictable. They yeah. you can't have two really slow, unathletic big guys on the court at the same time and expect to have a good defense, even if Rudy is considered a really good defender. Um, his numbers are down too. He's he's averaging 13. He's rebounding really well, like he always does. But his shooting percentage is down as well. I just I don't think Rudy is at all what this team needed. And I mean, I don't know what they where they go from here. I see them continuing in in kind of a, a slide and not making the playoffs. Honestly, I I don't I don't see them making the playoffs. And they, I thought they would for the season. They really put themselves in a bad spot because Carl Anthony Towns is a free agent this year, and then you have mm-hmm. um well like this summer. Next year, I guess this summer because it's 2023. Um, then you got rid of your draft capital and your bench. Like Carl yeah. Anthony Towns leaves. Um, you don't have any draft capital. They're in a really tough position here. D'Lo is not a winning player. Watch D'Lo in the playoffs. Um, he's just not solid. Like this team, I don't know. You, th- this team is on panic watch. They have like a C minus performance evaluation, in my opinion. And, um, Aunt, Wh- Aunt Edwards has made some scary remarks like coming in about how like they asked him if he wanted to play basketball and he said no. Like when he was being drafted, he's like, no, I want to play football, but I'm better at basketball. Stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know if he has the love for the game. And those are what like those guys that eat, sleep, play, like eat, sleep, bleed, live basketball, whatever the fuck the saying is like those are the guys that are successful. And I don't know if Aunt Edwards d- d- cares about basketball that much. And that I that's not someone I would be willing to put a number one pick on just, I mean, he's talent, like uber talented, but um, if he doesn't care about the game, it doesn't matter. So yeah. um, Yeah. That that's it for me on this segment. Do you have anything else for this guy, for this team? I'm all good. Let's, let's move it on. All right. We're going to do a fun segment here. Um, Bleacher report is known for their just God awful trade ideas. So this, uh, uh, like our first run through, we've, we haven't looked at these trades, but we're going to do a little um, just reaction. We've never done this before to, NBA trades fans should already be dreaming about. We're going to give them some grades. Um, Sorry, I don't know if you can hear my dog drinking in the background. We're going to grade them on two things, okay? So two letter grades. The first one is how likely it is. And then the second one is how fun or like how how well it would work, okay? Um, So first trade, Jordan. The Cavaliers push in chips for Crowder and the Suns gain wing depth. And the trade is... Jay Crowder, Jetty Osmond, Lamar Stevens, and a 2023 second round pick. How do you feel about that one? Yeah. If I'm the Cavs, I'm not changing a single thing about this team right now. So in terms of likelihood, I don't think so. I'm going to go, 
Oh, C minus likelihood. And in terms of how effective it would be, I'm going to go C. Like, I, I just think I'm not, I'm not touching this roster. Jay Crowder is a, a solid role player, but I love how the Cavs are built right now. My initial reaction was that I disagree. And I think that Jay Crowder is really, really good. And I think uh, the one upgrade that you need to make is the wing depth. Just um, upgrade that. Like, Karis Levert's really solid, but I like him better on a second unit. You need to upgrade that, like, little Karis Levert, Isaac Okoro, Jetty Osmond, Kevin Love spot that's been, like, kind of all over the place. Not so much Kevin Love, but, um, yeah. like, getting rid of Isaac Okoro. Like, if it was Isaac Okoro for that trade, I would totally do it. Um, but then I thought the whole reason Jay Crowder is off the Suns is because he didn't he wants to start. And yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, too. so that, that lowers the grade. Um, likelihood wise, I think this actually could happen. I would give it like a B because um, Jay Crowder's came like would be going back to Cleveland, and I think he le- he liked it there. Um, so I would give that one a B. But I think like in terms of fit, if Jay Crowder doesn't want to come off the bench for the Suns. I don't see why he would want to come off the bench for Cleveland. So I think it would be like a C as well. But yeah, honestly, that's not that crazy of one. Um, major switch up in South Beach. This one is Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre Jr. for Kyle Lowry, Nikola Jovic, Omer Yurt Seven, and a 2023 first round pick. My, what, How do you feel about that one? Uh, likelihood, I could see this being a little more likely if the Hornets um, want to take on Lowry's contract and then get rid of him. And I mean, I don't know. I'll give this one a B for likelihood and effectiveness. I think this would make the heat a lot better. So yeah. I'm going to go B plus for effectiveness. The heat really, really need to upgrade at point guard and Kelly Oubre is a, a good little player too. So that would make the heat better. Um, yeah. I, I, I like that one. Dude, to me, like why in the fuck is Charlotte taking on giving, getting rid of Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre for Kyle Lowry? Yeah. It's just, if they want to tank really. Yeah, but I think like as long as Lamelo's on your team, you gotta at least kind of build up a roster. Like you have a Gordon Hayward piece that you can get, you can trade out for. I don't know. I I think like to me that's a full tank, and I don't know if they have the draft capital to actually do anything, um, to build a team around Lamelo, in time for him. Well, like when it's time for him to leave, you know what I'm saying? Like by the time his rookie extension and contract is up, I don't know if they'll have a team built around him. But in terms of likelihood. That's like an East Eastern Conference to Eastern Conference trade. Um, I don't know about that one. I, I think like that one's like a C likelihood. I think, I think like that would be the high end of what you could get for Kyle Lowry. Um, Definitely. Like, I like Jovic, but he's also in high school still. Like he was doing, like they said he was doing his high school homework on the plane ride in between games. Like he's he's really good. I mean, he's like good for his age, but he's literally in high school. Um, Omer Yurtsevin is year seven is injured right now, but he's all right. And then you're giving up the top seven 2023 first round uh, protected pick. Uh, Miami does to me, like you want to get those protections removed if you're Charlotte to get this deal done. But I don't know if Miami will do that um, for how likely this is. I'm going to give this one a C plus, but for the uh, functionality of it, hell yeah, dude, this is an a, this com- this, fixes a lot of Miami's issues. Um, you can t- scary. Terry is completely perfect for the South Beach, or not for South beach for Miami. Well, I guess same thing. Um, completely perfect for that team. He's got the mentality for it. And then Kelly Oubre also has sort of the mentality. And I almost wonder if this could make him play defense. So that would be a fun yeah. trade um, offensively that fixes a lot of their issues. So yeah, a plus for functionality um, or a for functionality. Um, 
<laughs> this one. Warriors split up Splash Brothers and attempt to correct roster imbalance. All right, you ready for this one? I'm ready. Make sure you're, are you sitting down? Um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the Warriors receive Jakob Pertle, Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, and Romeo for Clay Thompson, James Wiseman, a 2028 first round pick, top three protected, 2027 second round pick, and a 2028 first round pick. Let's hear it. This is an absolute F. Yeah. Likelihood. <laughs> This will never happen. I don't like yes. as long as Steph has already talked about. It. Like if if the Warriors were to trade Clay Thompson, Steph Curry would be he like beside himself, and yes. they would never do that. Um, they're too close. Clay's given that team too much. And in terms of effectiveness, I don't think that makes the Warriors any better. Yeah, I mean it. It makes the Spurs. I mean, it's good for the Spurs. They get um no it's just picks. it's just such but, a weird team it's clay and a bunch of young guys yeah but they they would get picks so yeah that yeah. would be good for the spurs but yeah i'm gonna give that um an f for both that's just a horrible trade bleacher report really lived up to their reputation yeah that's an f across the board for me too one thing is like one huge theme is if the warriors trade clay thompson you best believe it's to whatever team he wants to go to right yeah. Like they're not going to do him dirty. It's the Warriors. There are, they treat their players the best, in my opinion, out of all of the NBA in terms of where they trade them to to make their team or make their careers better. Um, like how they just everything in that Warriors organization is just about perfect. Um, yeah. Like why would you trade Clay? One, you're not even getting like a good, like that, that doesn't make sense. Like you're overpaying, you're getting rid of your, your, what was Wiseman like a top five pick last like a couple years ago? He you're getting rid- third. Yeah, you're getting the you're getting rid of the third overall pick and Clay Thompson for a package centered around centered around Jakob Pertle, who I like Jakob Pertle, but that's like that's like a Grant Williams would be like for Jakob Pertle. Like that's kind of the level we're talking about here. Um yeah, that's F across the board. I don't even I completely agree. You lose your wing depth. Clay is playing badly, but he's still a good wing. Like, I don't know. That's just an F across the board. Um, next trade wizards finally bring Durant home. Kevin Durant for Chris Stapps, Perzingis, Denny, Advita, Johnny Davis, 2025, first round, 2027, first round, 2029, first round and three, three round, three first round pick swaps. Go ahead. So I'm going to give it a C for likelihood because just in case things go super South with Brooklyn, Kyrie doesn't play Ben Simmons sucks. KD like, says he's going to sit out or whatever. Um, maybe they trade KD, but I think as long, like he's under contract. I, yeah. I don't think there's any reason to trade one of the best players in the league. Um, and in terms of functionality, it's an F like the, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That makes Brooklyn uh, the worst team in the league, right? It makes Brooklyn really bad. I guess for the wizards, it would make them good. It would be worth it. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't see that. I just don't see this happening i don't know do you think this could happen like if if the if the nets really if all the worst case scenarios happen like maybe they trade kd you can get a much better trade package for kd than that like if you look at the picks picks are really good top three protected but you're getting them you're getting them from the wizards who if they get kd are immediately better for you're not giving up then that team is kd kyle kuzma bradley beal um, like Will Barton, like that team is pretty solid. Like I've been watching, like 
so the the player the bench players that the Wizards are losing are Johnny Davis, who basically played the last five minutes of every game and is right now with the G League. He's a complete bust, it looks like apparently. Um, even though he was like a number ten pick this season or like this draft rather. And then Denny Avida, who I like, but he like he's coming off a broken leg, pretty horrific broken leg, and he's not doing much. Um, so basically you're just doing a one for one trade for Kevin Durant and Kristaps Porzingis, who stops has been good, but like Kevin Durant is much, much better than Kristaps. So this wizards team, I don't know if, how much wizards you've watched, but they're, I've watched them a good amount and they're actually pretty fun and solid. This makes the wizards a lot better. Um, I just think there's a lot more, there's a lot better trades out there. If you make Kevin Durant available, um, in terms of the wizards, dude, this is an a plus trade for them. Um, likelihood i would say like a c c minus um functionality for the nets an f for sure but um yeah dude like this would be fun for the wizards i don't think it's gonna happen yeah i agree yeah Yeah. um all right so that was all the trades uh for there if you ever want to have a good chuckle look at their celtics trades because holy fuck dude i don't think they watch any celtics games um they've they were kind of pushing the jalen brown trade bandwagon a while ago um, so yes, it, they, they, ha- I don't know what BR is, but they have some pretty horrific writing not to call out any writers, but yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to say before we go? I'm all good. Good pod. Right. Yeah. Good pod. This has been fun. Um, yeah. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back. I believe tomorrow with an episode of the couch. Stay tuned for an episode of the stick and puck podcast and, um, the fantasy podcast, the fo- fantasy football podcast coming out with our buddy Steve-O. Um, and yeah, so thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you all later. Yeah, shot it was saw with y'all. Oh, hi, coming to say you look, you're fine. We got to cutting it up. It nobody kidding, fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up with y'all. But shorty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah, think I won the lotto. This little mulatto, she could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. Yeah, this little mulatto, she could be a model. Yeah.